I'm Noelle. Welcome to another episode of Sync with Surge. Today, I have a very amazing, brilliant guest. His name is Mahesh Deshpande, and he is originally from India, Guwani, India, right? Yeah, Guwani. Uh, this is a small town uh, in uh, in Maharashtra state, which the capital is Mumbai. Yes, Mumbai. Yeah. You hear lots of great things about Mumbai. Yeah, yeah. It's a megapolis and maximum city it is called. Yes. Very cool. Well, I want to share a little bit with everybody about you, if that's okay. So Mahesh yeah, actually, okay, great. He didn't start school until grade three, which is mind-blowing because of your many accomplishments. But starting school a little bit later than what we start here you know, in the U.S. even, in kindergarten, didn't really seem to have much of an effect on you because you're, for lack of a better word, a genius. So uh, <laughs> he built something very great. He built Nozomi Infotech in 2007. And Nozomi is a registered software vendor for the Tokyo Stock Exchange, Osaka Stock Exchange, the Tokyo Commodity Exchange, and the Singapore Stock Exchange. It is actually the second largest commodity exchange in the world. And you built that. So that is amazing. Yeah, God is great. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So tell our listeners a little bit about um, your journey to getting there. What do you think was most impactful to you to be able to start that company? Uh, basically, uh, I think it is a series of... Uh, um, uh, in a nutshell, it, uh, I have to tell about my life story. It is yes. It is uh, a combination of good people and good references. Uh, so basically, uh, I was born and brought up in a small town called Wani uh, district, Yotmar, and which is uh, the closest city uh, from there is Nagpur, which is the second tier city in India. It is also called uh, Orange City and Tiger City because of oranges and because of a lot, lot of wildlife. Uh, so from there, uh, approaching Nagpur itself was, was a huge challenge beyond dreams, actually. It was, uh, uh, we were uh, better off at Wani because my name, Deshpande, is a huge name in the state and we are uh, traditional landlords. So agriculture was part of our family business. And and therefore, they, then uh, I thought, you know, I don't have to study. Education is not that important. So I didn't go to the school, but one fine day, my father forcefully took me to the school. And then I had this uh, huge IQ from my mother. My mother also was seventh standard. And that's the maximum grades that she could. Although wow. she was very good. Uh, she had a, she's, uh, Her IQ is 100 times my IQ. But in those days, you know, uh, she didn't pursue for various reasons uh, that we're not going to uh, delve in today. But uh, uh, because of that IQ, then I, I, I stood first in the fourth grade scholarship exams and then seventh grade and 10th. And in 12th grade, actually, uh, I got full 100 out of 100 marks in mathematics, which is at that time uh, was rare, uh, uh, actually. Uh, and then without any tuition, without any extra support, actually. It was that raw IQ that came up and because of that, the life became so simple that I got admission into Vishweshwaraya Regional College of Engineering. In India, we have the various tiers of colleges like the, your Ivy schools. 
the IITs, the, they are the Ivy schools, and then the, my college is second year. Uh, but although it is second year, the uh, the people from earlier alumni they had been you know uh, one of the alumni was uh, the uh, the CEO of Boeing, uh, so uh, really working at huge brand. So it's like a railway compartment. A railway compartment thinks that I am moving, I am moving, I am moving, but uh, actually it's the engine which is in the front, which is pulling all the compartments. So it, our alumni, our college had done great things in the past. So uh, my life became very easy. So after Nagpur, I joined Tata Unisys in Mumbai and, and then I was working on many mainframe computer. After that, I came to Tokyo, the Unisys, Tata Unisys sent me here. And then I started working uh, after that job. I started after two years uh, in that job. Then I switched to uh, the largest investment bank, Ready Agricole. And then uh, in 2003, I was made the head of IT for Asia. And, and as part of that success, actually, a lot of investors started, you know, mm -hmm. approaching me and saying that, why don't you start your company? That's how uh, my company was started. It's a very long answer to your short question. No, I love it. And I, you know, I have notes that you've given me. I've watched your other interviews. And of course, I can read all of those things about you. But it means so much more when you tell it from your own perspective. And I think people are able to gain a better insight about you. And yeah. just hearing you speak, you know, you're so humble about it. But you have always scored very high in all of your maths and your merits, just incredible, really, truly. And the fact that you were able to do that at such a young age and be able to start your own company 10 years, a little more than 10 years into the workforce, and it's incredible in such a profound company nonetheless. And yeah. um, Mahesh and I were speaking a little bit before this, and when I asked him about his position in Tata Unisys, we discovered, because I had remembered that Unisys became Unisys by two companies merging, and we discovered that actually the company that it was prior to the name Unisys created the first typewriter in 1900. So that's very cool. A company that continuously evolved over the last 133 years, 123, sorry. You're the math expert here, not me. <laughs> <laughs> this not Tata me. Unisys actually uh, came as a result of a merger, I think, with Tata Burroughs and Sperry, there were two companies. Yes. They merged in the US and they had a joint venture in India with Tata Group. So as part of the merger in the US, then the name changed to Tata Unisys. I think it was earlier Tata Burroughs before I joined. I joined the company as Tata Unisys. So mm -hmm. the merger had happened before I joined. Yeah, I think that merger happened in the 70s or something like that. Oh, yeah. I'll have to read more about it. But nonetheless, still very cool to be able to work, you know, especially when they came over to India and opened up that office in Mumbai for you to be able to work there as part of what you would consider the first team. And you got to work very heavily in their IT. So when you started at Tata Unisys, what were the things that you were working on? What was technology like in that era at Unisys? Yeah, we were working on the system software. So there was a headquarter in the uh, in uh, near Los Angeles called Mission Bio. So it's like a, it's like Microsoft or IBM. They have their own OS like Mac uh, or Mac. In, 
Mac OS or the Microsoft Windows OS. So similarly, Unisys had their own OS, and uh, that uh, work actually we were doing uh, as a joint team between Mumbai and Mission View in Los Angeles. So we were part of the the operating system. So it, it, as a young engineer passing out with uh, with computer science, I was electronics engineer, but I had taken mostly the subject from computer science. So I was myself thinking as a computer science engineer. So it was really a you know, very good experience to work on the, that's the ultimate dream for a computer science graduate to work on the operating system. Mm -hmm. uh, when you start with computers, you get the earlier screen before the final desktop appears, that's called the operating system. So, uh, and that uh, that's a, 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 in a, in IT circles, it's a big pride to be, to be working uh, on those uh, parts of the computer. So yeah. I was uh, I was very fortunate, and as I said, the legal legacy is coming from my college alumni and people. They they already had work from that, and so they found me uh, as part of the carrying the same legacy. It's, it's their you know uh, greatness that they they put. Uh, that kind of trust me, uh, trust in me when I was starting the career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is great. You had somebody believing in you at a very young age. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's great. So when, what year was your official move to Japan? Was it 97? Uh, uh, myself and my wife, uh, uh, we were already ma married in uh, 95 and just 15 days after our marriage, we uh, landed in Tokyo with one word, sayonara. Sayonara is the word all Indians know because there was a movie 50 years ago called Love in Tokyo. And that movie had this song, uh, sayonara, sayonara. So one word and two bags. Yep. One, one suitcase for myself and one for my wife. And then here we are 28 years later. And then this is in uh, Indian language. It's called Karmabhumi, where... You are actually career shaped. There is a Janmabhumi. Janmabhumi is like a place of birth or a country of birth. And mm -hmm. Karma Bhumi, Karma, and that, that word you have in all kinds of management philosophies. That Karma is actually career. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. Karma is our Karma Bhumi. That's great. In so, yeah, so you've been over there for half of your life then. So, do yeah, you, have exactly. you learned anything else other than Sayonara? Yeah, actually, when I landed here, in then the, there was a company called Nihon Unisys here. Nihon Unisys is the joint venture between Japanese company and Unisys. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. Tata Unisys is an Indian venture. Nihon Unisys is a Japanese venture. So I, they had posted me from Tata Unisys to Nihon Unisys. When we landed here, then we realized how important it is to learn Japanese because all the meetings, there was used to be 50 people because it's a huge company. Tata mm -hmm. Unisys was a huge company. Uh, uh, like uh, 10,000, 20,000 people are working in one building. Can you imagine like a skyscraper? So all the, all the meetings used to have 50 people. And, and uh, when we landed, we, we couldn't understand anything at all because everything was Japanese. And, and then, then we realized that, you know, without the language, it, it is going to be impossible. You cannot contribute anything. And it's a headache to your boss. Because my boss used to say that to give you work, to delegate something, I have to learn English. So it becomes, with my work, it becomes additional burden. So you do, uh, 
first learn the Japanese language. Then, then, then two years in Nihon Unisys, I, I learned it. And, and they, they had, you know, you know uh, uh, they had given all kinds of support and, you know, financing and all that thing. Yeah, and, which is great. It's uh, difficult to learn a new language. Take out time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So which was more difficult for you to learn, Japanese or English? Uh, English in India, because there was a British colony for one to two years. English is, you know, mm -hmm. almost like a native language for us. Uh, we learn from, uh, I, although I didn't go to school, but people learn from the kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Wow, it is difficult to learn a new language, I'll, I'll say, but I have heard, um, I have done some teaching virtually for children in China, and yes. they have told me it is significantly different learning English, and they have told me over and over again that English is the most difficult language to learn, and being yes. a native English speaker uh it's crazy to me but then i learn another language and i'm listen to people and, and the way they pick up english words and they're like you have so many words for so many different things can't you just say what you mean and um it, it's <laughs> funny to get that feedback because they're right we have the same you know four words for one thing so yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's crazy but i would i would love to visit japan and i assume making the move from india to japan the culture is vastly different what was that experience like for you yeah in india actually uh, uh, people uh, uh, understand reading between lines but in, in japan you have to be very precise actually what you say is it taken as a as a rule, actually, so you have to be very precise, and and the culture I come from is actually, uh, and my name Deshpande is like more of a uh, generalistic type or a very uh, uh, approximate type of culture. But in India, in Japan, it's uh, it is not like that. It's just a one eighty degree difference between the culture that I come from and uh, and in Japan. So I have to learn and, you know, every day it's a learning, it's a lifetime learning process. So you learn new things now, you learn that. After starting the business, I learned about business ethics and, mm -hmm. and now I actually uh, get asked uh, in a lot of uh, programs and podcasts in India about the different uh, type of uh, Japanese philosophy like the wabi-sabi and Zen. So I have to learn uh, uh, the philosophy now. So, uh, but... Uh, I am loving my stay in Japan and I love their culture, philosophies. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they, there is no complaint about learning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I think um, learning overall is something that people should never stop doing, regardless of their age. You can learn yeah. something new every single day. And I yeah. always tell my children, you would be surprised at the things that you learn every day. Right now, they're they're at the age where they don't value their education. And yeah. they don't enjoy going to school. They hate their homework. And my husband and I really try to drive home for them that it's important to learn it now and know it now so that in the future, you can make better decisions and figure out what you like, what you don't like, what comes easy to you, and really hone in on your skills. It makes it so much easier. Yeah. Makes it so much easier. Like for you, you know, you knew that IT was something that you were not just fond of but really great at and math and algorithms and putting things together so that 
experience and history in itself played uh, obviously a huge role in the founding of your company. Yeah, yeah. So actually, that kind of leads me to my next point. I think that the most inter interesting thing that I've learned about you is that your life is part of a research case case study for entrepreneurship courses at the International University of Japan. How did that happen? Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, there are people, uh, the students uh, uh, who, uh, who are doing MBA program in International University of Japan here, uh, mainly in the other universities, mainly the courses are run in Japanese, but for foreign students, there are certain universities who do courses in entrepreneurship. As as you know, Japan is a big powerhouse in terms of industry, in terms of finance, in terms of technology, bullet trains, whatnot. So naturally, people all around the world, they want to study Japan. Actually, next week, uh, there is a group of 20 students from the U.S. They are coming to meet me here in Japan. So uh, I think uh, as part of a similar curiosity, because I work uh, in a financial industry, our clients are huge like Tokyo Commodity Exchange, second largest in the world. So naturally, people know that getting into this kind of a high-tech industry with a very branded client, it's not easy. And when you come from a different country, so they, they got attracted to our company, myself, and then they actually uh, proposed to the professor that why don't we take this study? And then the professor also, they have very strict criteria about selection of case studies. So uh, I think he, he got you know, what he wanted in terms of uh, the course content. So that's how it clicked, actually. And then it became part of a research case study. That's great. That's so amazing. I I look forward to doing my own research on that and seeing what they come up with. I think that'll yeah, be yeah. incredible to see. Yeah, yeah. So when the students are doing their research, what do you think they're going to find? What do you think is the most prominent thing that they're going to realize and be able to work on? Uh, no, the simple message from my life is that uh, you need to have uh, people's power. Basically, people have to be with you. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're born, you're not the only child who are born, actually. On the same day, so many people are born and they are going to land up in... Uh, in the same grades as you grow and you know age also so uh, you have to find a way to integrate with them to learn from them and to to be very close to them and they actually uh, just like the the example of case study uh, people are going to ask who is this guy actually uh, and what do you think about him mm -hmm. and then only they are going to move ahead so and with WhatsApp and all kinds of social media, it has become so easy that uh, sending a message, okay, who is this guy? It's so easy. So uh, it is more, all the more important that uh, you leave a legacy on whatever, whatever small things you do, uh, you leave a legacy because that is going to be a building block for your next step. Right. Uh, so my message to everybody out there will be, uh, just don't think that uh, you know this is my company job. It is. Uh, technically, it is owned by company. Everything you know, what you do is owned by company. But there is a part there which actually talks about your legacy. Uh, legally, technically, everything is owned by the company. But when you're going to move to your next step, there is an element of your impression in that job, in that product, in that project. 
and that is going to decide your next step actually. And then A leads to B, B leads to C, and then you go up to Z. So every step is very important. Uh, people think, okay, now this company is political, you know, like boss is uh, sucks, uh, he, he doesn't know anything, and he yells. Uh, that that's true. I'm not saying that. That's not true. But uh, you don't forget that there is going to be a part of your legacy in that project, and that's going to make a decision for your next hiring. Uh, and and this is true and with social media it has become even more, more difficult because uh, people ask for references and and they that's the decision uh, point actually about uh, if you have a good reference then you move ahead mm -hmm. there is intense competition how do you stand up people have same skills and then same uh, salary expectations same uh, uh, parameters but within those shortlisted five, six candidates, how you move ahead is the reference actually. A very mm -hmm. strong reference on in your favor makes the decision. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think you're so right. Every decision you make, everything you contribute, whether it's a good or a bad experience, it is always going to be a part of your legacy. And it is the next building block or the next step. Yeah. And I think that so many people actually, if they look back at their lives at the age they are today and they look back and they say, I always hear people, I never thought that I would be where I am today, or I don't know how I got here, or um, this isn't where I thought I would be. But then when they look back, they can pinpoint actually, well, I worked on this and this got me here. I made this connection, this got me here. So it, it is about building those connections and establishing those building blocks that are building blocks and making your footprint wherever it is. And it, it doesn't really matter because it will get you to another point. So yeah. even if it's a bad experience or a terrible job, <laughs> it still gets <laughs> you somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It does. Truly. That's great advice. I hope everyone is listening and they will, <laughs> they will heed <laughs> that advice very strongly because it's very important. Yeah, and, it's, it's extremely important. Yes. And the thing that I think that I love so much about your organization, Nozomi, is that you trained 500 students in Japanese between 2003 to 2008 free of charge in Wani and Yavat Mall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, it just screams that you love to give back, which is incredible. Yeah, actually, there's uh, a lot of distress in uh, the part of uh, uh, Maharashtra that we live in. Although Mumbai is the financial capital of India and the Maharashtra state, uh, with, there are 10, 30 states in India and they contribute to 20%. One state, uh, Maharashtra, is so rich it contributes to 20% of GDP of India. And now it's a high growth, uh, you know, India is growing high. Mm -hmm. They're targeting 5 uh, trillion in next two, three years. So out of that, 1 trillion is going to Maharashtra state. But I belong to a poor state, a poor part of Maharashtra state. So where uh, there is a farmer's crisis going on, then the, the regular news about farmer suicide. So and I, I come from... Uh, I am not a, we are a work from home farmer. We are the owners actually. And we ask people to do farming. But uh, this is a joke, but uh, I, I am very strongly connected with my roots. And I love my, the reason why I didn't go to school was I 
I loved farming and used to live uh, even today uh, the the normal state transport bus doesn't go to my village I, I have worked in such a remote kind of a place also and uh, because of my uh, family's passion and, and next week also there's going to be a huge program in uh, in our hometown which is that uh, very remote place not one one is a uh, small town but it has uh, like a court and you know uh, big uh, market and everything but this place i'm talking about only just farms nothing else and wow. about 1000 people live there so i belong to that uh, kind of a culture still even though i i live now 28 years in a mega city but uh, inside inside i'm a very very village kind of a guy so i naturally and what i did uh, is is nothing great because i could easily do that i knew english language uh, i mm-hmm. had i was working in the investment banking firm i had not started nozomi at that time just was working as a, a head of asia for uh, the, the largest french investment one of the 10 largest in the world credit agrico i was flying business class to new york chicago and london for one day meeting so i had a lot of money at that time so it was very easy everything was like i knew the language i had money and, and i had the uh, attachment to my village so it just it just happened actually yeah in india the costs are not that big and the place that we belong and and the student also they are very hard working so they picked up uh, the language uh, now they working all over uh, you know and the big corporations in japan and some in uh, in japan and some in india and now 2003 to 2008 now uh, means that they have almost 15 years of experience each of them mhm yeah and it's got to feel yeah. really great that you could provide that to them though so, you know you made such a strong impact on those people and i love what you say and uh, you know your most recent linkedin post which is what connected me to you was when you were featured on tv and you had your mother's sister watching you from back home and then you know yeah. all these people around the world but you know home is really home is home is where you are but where your roots are is where you're most comfortable and, and where you grow and learn and i think there's something special to be said about that and and you never forget where you come from uh actually I, i'm thankful to the indian government because they had given the prime slot 8:30 pm is a prime slot in india and they can put daily slope and earn millions of dollars but they give uh, time for 20 minutes for me as a single speaker uh-huh. for my boring speech <laughs> uh it is incredible commitment from the government to lose that kind of revenue but mm-hmm. i think they have a bigger picture in mind that they want to connect all indians abroad and their stories so that the people from rural india can inspire and then contribute to the economy uh but uh, the first step is taken by the indian government because this is a huge channel actually you no know, in india uh, the television rights are like if you watch the cricket world cup you know that uh, the kind of money that minting is yeah. huge and then the prime time 8:30 for 20 minutes is the time actually where you earn money mhm and wow uh, that's amazing when the proposal came to me i thought maybe in the afternoon when people are sleeping that they will put my interview but i was astonished to to see that it's the prime time and that's why uh, so many of relatives and friends they watch it mhm Yeah, which is cool. I mean, and it's got to yeah. be just so cool for them to be able to say, "Oh, look, there's Mahesh. She's on prime time." That's such yeah, a big exactly. deal. 
exactly that's the same emotion somebody some of them started crying actually i'm sure i can yeah, imagine yeah. it's yeah. an emotional emotional thing and you know when you get to be so successful and you accomplish all that you have even though it's you that's putting in this work you have developed such a strong support system and you have these people that you get to talk to and reach out to and that support you so i'm sure also it meant a lot for you to be able to let them see you in such a be cast in such a great light on primetime i'm sure it was just so heartfelt all around yeah it, it was not even a dream actually it came suddenly i was called by the government in january uh, there was a, a, a global meet of 500 people from uh, all over the place uh, every country five six ten people would uh, ask to land in mumbai four five six of jan and then there was a gala event for three uh, three days and with good food actually uh -huh. and uh, and then after that this interview happened so there is a lot of commitment from the government which mm -hmm. is uh, uh, which uh, frankly speaking we never expected mm -hmm. yeah that's really great i i think that's yeah. um that's really cool actually i i enjoyed watching it and seeing it but you know like when you grow up in a different country and you don't know a ton about other countries culture and just like you said, you know, that's the biggest TV show in India. That's not something that I would have ever known. No yeah. idea. Culturally, just no idea. So uh, part of the reason why I love this podcast is being able to connect with people from all over the world and learn so many things and um, just allowing people to learn about other people's cultures and where they come from and their successes. And it just it really opens up the doors for people to yeah. have those conversations and learn yeah. more and enjoy more. So I am super grateful that you agreed to be on this podcast. I learned very much. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It was a pleasure having you. And I am sure we're going to see so much more of you very soon, whether it's on TV in India or <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah. God is great. Thank you so much. Namaste. Yes, thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you.